0: Welcome back. Let's continue our discussion of retirement. We're looking at retirement, we're looking at particular ways to provide income in retirement, safe ways to provide income in retirement. Uh, this has been the single biggest change in my career. Uh, what what would do, what do I recommend to clients as being safe? Uh, particu- 2008 made a profound impact on me, taught me a lot of different things about investments that i thought were safe and apparently they have a lot more risk than i think we all realized so there's been a lot of lessons there and this has been the biggest evolution of the recommendations that i make for clients how do i find safe things anymore can you find safe things anymore can you find safe things that actually pay something that actually have a decent yield 2008 really changed a lot of the way i thought but in particular it really caused me to reflect on being able to look at people and say you're not going to lose money look at them across the table and say you know everything has risk but but the problem with 2008 was that so many of the things that we thought did not have them out of risk had the risk and that was very scary to a lot of people I've never really been through a period of time like that. I'm not old enough to um, to have known about the depression. Um, but it really did have a profound impact upon me. And so back to this question of safety, you know, how do we find safe investments anymore? You know, I've been talking about bonds, that bonds have risk. And th- or even mortgage-backed securities, or CDs, these types of things. And so, but, I, but the point that I want to make there is I'm not saying these things are bad. I'm not saying that if you invest in a bond or you invest in a mortgage-backed security or you have money in CDs uh, with the bank that that's a bad situation. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, is that the hidden risk that, that all of us thought in 2008 just needs to be brought out people need to understand the risk associated with these things you know choosing investments selecting things for clients are all about risk and reward risk and reward and so I just want to talk a little bit more about what I would see as a safe investment uh, for people to consider and again it's not that it's the only investment It's not that municipal bonds or bonds in general or these other types of things are not a good way to provide income. I just want people to realize the risk associated with them. So when I'm suggesting things for clients and I'm trying to help them provide for income, what are the things that I recommend to them as safe? Well, the first thing that I want to do is just kind of define what I mean by safe. And this will kind of guide the discussion. Um, There's characteristics that I want to see when it comes to a safe investment. For example, I want to see an investment that's accessible, that's liquid. One that has guaranteed principal, very low likelihood of losing your principal. And because of that, it's not going to have a high rate of return. But that is the criteria that I would call safe, liquid, guaranteed. And just to contrast, for example, a lot of people that I've talked to use dividends from stocks as a way of providing for their income. Um, There's a handful of companies out there that you can purchase either individually or through a mutual fund that have a long history of dividends. They've been around for a long time. Most of them are household names. You've grown up with them. They've been around a long, long time, they have incredible dividend histories of fifty or hundred years, which is pretty amazing when you think about it, that a company has paid a dividend on time, never missed a dividend for a hundred years. Pretty amazing when you consider that we've been through wars and a depression and so forth and they still made their dividend. So a lot of people purchase these types of stocks or mutual funds to provide that income. And the dividend that's viewed, the dividend from these stock, the, from these companies and these stocks, are viewed as being almost guaranteed because of the historical evidence that they're always there. However, I would not call that a safe investment because because while the dividend might be just about guaranteed, or you can count of it, count on it like it is guaranteed, the principal is not. We all know that you can lose a considerable amount of money, even in these household names. All stocks will lose money. In 2008, a dividend stock with the kind of companies that I'm talking about lost 30%. Now I'm not, again, I'm not saying that that's an inappropriate way to provide income. You know, a lot of people are very comfortable with that. They're comfortable with the principal fluctuations. And, and like the dividends associated with that, I actually think that there are very good ways to provide income. But for purposes of this discussion, I'm saying safe means guaranteed principal. Safe means a very, it's very unlikely that you would lose principal. So I just want to point that out because I want to clarify what my definition is of safety um, because it will guide the discussion for the rest of the time that we have today. Now, the first thing that I would do with a client, as far as income, is going back to the Social Security discussions um, that we've had in previous weeks, is make sure that you are, that a client is maximizing their guaranteed income. Make sure that a client is maximizing whatever sources they have available to them, which is generally gonna be Social Security and any pension. Most people don't have pensions, they're being phased out. Uh, So Social Security is really the only source of lifetime income that someone has of guaranteed income. Uh, But I do want to talk about pensions a little bit in just a second. But the first step, I think, before you really get into individual uh, investments and ways to provide income is to make sure that what you could receive through Social Security or pensions, if you have one available, that you are maximizing what's available to you. So that's the reason why we spent so much time talking about Social Security, because it is the largest income source that most people have. Most people don't have pensions, so it really is the only lifetime source of income that people have, an income source that you cannot outlive, an income source that never runs out. But let's talk very quickly about pensions, because some of you may have pensions. And there's a couple things that you need to do Uh, with respect to that before receiving those pensions. So what I want to talk about a little bit, just very quickly, is how to maximize those pension payments. And most of you are aware that there's several different choices associated with the pension. You can receive a pension uh, several different ways. You can receive it on your life. You might receive it with survivorship options. So it might be on your life, but if something were to happen to you, it would continue for a spouse for example. And you might be able to choose the amount that would continue for your spouse. You might want all of it to continue, some of it to continue, half of it, something like that. So there's, there's a basic choices between a pension on your life and a pension on survivors, uh, pensions for survivors. And most of you that have looked at this before are aware that, that the amounts are different, so the more survivorship options that are there, generally the lower the pension amount. So the highest amount of pension that you're going to receive would be based on your life. If you have a survivorship option that continues that payment for your spouse, it's going to be lower. So the planning that I want people to look at is, is what is the difference between the two? And let me just give you a quick example uh, to kind of illustrate this and so forth. Um, suppose that you have a pension payment on your life only for 4000 a month. So as long as you're alive, you can receive $4,000. But when you pass away, that goes away. Or you have a choice between uh, a pension that's based on your life, but 100% of that is going to go to your survivor, to your spouse typically. And for that, you're going to only receive $3,000 a month. So you could receive $4,000 on your, on your life or you could receive $3,000 on your life with the $3,000 continuing for a spouse. So the planning that involves maximizing your pension payments involves asking the question about what is the difference, what is the cost difference between the two? In this example, uh, what is the difference between the $4,000 and $3,000? So one is $1,000 lower. What is that? What are you paying for, for that? Well, what you're actually paying for is life insurance. So you're actually buying life insurance through your pension plan. That's really what you're doing. So the planning that I want people to look at is what else could they do with the money? What else could they do with that $1,000? Could they go out and could they purchase life insurance for less than $1,000? That would continue that income for a spouse so then they could take the higher amount and pocket the difference. So one of the planning things that we like for folks to do is to look at taking the pension on their life only, in this case it would be four thousand, and taking that thousand dollar difference and seeing if they can purchase some insurance to continue that income for their survivor and if they would be able to do that for less than what that difference is. And you will find some of the times with certain employers that you could do that. Uh, that it, and, and a lot of it comes down to your health and, and what's out there. But a lot of times when I look at this with clients, I will find that it's very favorable. The pension options are very favorable for the survivor, or they're not very favorable. And so I will encourage folks a lot of times to take the survivorship options. And that generally is when the cost is not dramatically different but a lot of times I see employers that it is dramatically different and it is a better advantage for them to take that money and go on their own shop some insurance find something that will protect their spouse and all I'm suggesting to you is this is just a planning technique that we want to look at to maximize your pension before receiving your pension so before you fill out your paperwork to receive your pension this is something that you need to do. What most people do is they automatically choose the survivorship options for their spouse. Uh, That isn't necessarily the best option. I've looked at this a lot through the years. I've seen some employers that um, that was the best option. I've seen a lot of them that it was not. Obviously, one of the factors involved is whether or not someone is healthy, whether or not they could obtain life insurance, whether they could pass the medicals. So that does have a bearing on it as well but I just want to point out the planning because I want everybody to look at this before making that final decision. And I just want them to understand what they're really doing uh, with these cost differences in buying insurance through their pension plan and how they might be able to do better on their own. There's a number of insurance policies out there that you, um, it's a very competitive world uh, of insurance. There's a number of different situations that a lot of people can go out And actually, better their situation by doing that. Um, So, that is just uh, the first step that I like to always go through with clients as far as um, providing income for them is make sure that the guaranteed sources of income, that we maximize those amounts, that we're taking full advantage of Social Security, the filing strategies associated with Social Security, that they're not one of the casualties associated with uh, 90% not receiving their full benefit, but also wanted to look at at how they can maximize their pension as well. Now, beyond that, what else can we do? And this is where I'm just gonna have to wrap up and we'll have to cover this next week, but beyond Social Security and pensions, what else can you do? What else can you do on your own? Uh, Are there other ways that you can find guaranteed income from your savings that fits this criteria of liquid uh, guaranteed rate of return you know it's not going to have a high rate of return uh, because it is guaranteed but what else can we do and we'll have to pick that discussion up next week and look at those different options I've got some specific things to um, suggest to you beyond that and we'll look forward to talking to you then